Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek Sharp. It is quite something to see this men's basketball team put together what it's been doing, and they will again head on the road to play Temple. The women's basketball team will have, unfortunately, a long break between having to think about another tough defeat, their third in a row. And here's a little perspective for you. Of course, for the women, they're just not having a good season by their standards. Still, they're 11-9 and overall. The latest computer rankings, the women actually are ranked higher than the men because the American Athletic Conference has a bunch of teams in that 80 to 150 range, and the highest ranked of them, North Texas, losing to them didn't really drop the Bulls that far, and beating a team ranked beneath them didn't raise the men's team, which is now ranked 130, but that's numbers. The hard facts are that the Bulls are in ninth place in the American Athletic Conference, and again, a game they had every chance to win. So many positives in this game. North Texas came in averaging 75 points a game, best in the conference. It was 24 apiece at halftime. North Texas was a plus 6.5 on the glass, had out-rebounded their last opponent, SMU. By the way, a place they had lost their last 17 trips, dating back to the 80s, and they won by 15, and they out-rebounded them by 20. First half? Bulls were a plus seven on the glass. North Texas was second in the country in trips to the free throw line. In the first half, they were four for six. But unfortunately, the Bulls didn't shoot very well. They were 10 for 33, and it was 24 apiece at halftime. Scoring picked up in the third quarter. Bulls equaled their first half total, led by one phenomenal performance. Fernandez didn't like that. that early execution. Brito dumps it off to Romy Levy. That was great. I thought Brito made one too many passes, but it counts for a bucket, and I didn't see the foul. Was she fouled on the shot? Wow, I didn't see the foul either. So Levy was fouled on the shot and make it a three-point play, 27-24. Levy, open three, looks nice from this angle. Knock it down, Romy Levy, not her specialty, six for 29. Romy Levy has a three-point play and a three-point shot. Quick start to get into 12 points for the game against this zone defense. Levy out on her, 10 seconds to go. That is from her right side. Wow, she gets the contact and finishes. In the third quarter, it's 22 apiece. So things have picked up. Very evenly met. And often want to dump it inside, oh. and Lauren Putu anticipated. 17 seconds, Bulls have time. Rito pushes it up to Levy. Fast break hoop. Romy Levy goes across 20 points for the fourth time, all in the last month, incidentally. Five for eight from the floor, four for four at the line in the quarter. But on the other side, their top two players in the conference as far as field goal percentage didn't miss. And they went inside. It was discernible. 16 of North Texas's 22 points in the paint, four at the line. So literally just one bucket outside of the paint. And in the fourth quarter, North Texas would get to the line way more than the Bulls. Nine of 12 compared to two of two for South Florida, and while Levy kept shooting, the rest of the team was just two for nine. For that matter, North Texas was just two for eight from the floor until the very end. Maria Alvarez gave the Bulls a big boost. They've needed some tertiary scoring. She hit a three and a layup. The second made it 57-52 with six minutes to go. But this has been the problem for the Bulls, just not finishing off and that includes not just missing shots, but poor possessions. They had one stretch where basically two and a half minutes to about 145, two straight possessions with the travel and getting trapped at the top of the key and not even getting off a shot twice in a row. You can't have that happen. And as far as the shooting goes, after that Alvarez make I told you about, 
They finished one for their last seven. However, as I said, on the other side, North Texas had missed four in a row. And if you need what's going on with the Bulls these days in one less than one minute chunk, it's what happened at the end of the game. Here's how it sounded. Robinson can shoot the three. Oh, no. Duncan's open. Corner Duncan been good tonight. Makes that. Sham Duncan is three for three. She was 12 for 38 coming in. Enough of that already. 61 to 59. She is well over her average for the season. Bulls down two points, though, despite it. They had to hedge underneath, and Sham made them pay. Romy Levy drives the lane. What an aggressive move. Romy, her 26th and 27th points, and we are at exactly a minute to go. 61 apiece in this wild contest. Oh, my goodness gracious. Colonel out of the top of the key. You can keep her out there, even though she can hit him as well. Uh-oh, Robinson wanted to I line up. Oh, Duncan, no, Duncan in the corner no. again and makes it again. Sham Duncan, four for four on threes. It is 64 to 61. I don't have to look it up. That's got to be a career high. <laughs> Shamara Duncan played three years at Wichita State. By the way, UCF can feel that pain because she made four against them two years ago when she was only going 11 from 40 on threes. Did make 26 out of 86 last year for the Shockers, but as I said, all you need to know is that she went four for four while the Bulls' Vicky Blasik, who is one of the top makers of threes in the entire country, was one for 10 and scored five points. Sham Duncan did not make a three in her previous four games. So it's not like the Bulls are going out, getting blown out. Some teams in the league are, by the way. It's not like the Bulls aren't going out and not putting out effort. Even when the one lopsided loss took place, they had the effort, but they just weren't hitting the shots against UTSA. That is really the point. Now, that shot came with 43 seconds to go. Blasic was open for a three on the other end, missed it. Bulls actually got a second chance. North Texas couldn't corral the rebound and again dialed up a play for Blasic. She couldn't convert. So just like the Rice game where they lost by three, their best three-point shooter had two looks at forcing overtime and couldn't do it, and the final score ends up being 65-61. to 61. Even if the Bulls had won, they'd be in eighth place because they had lost their previous two games. But as it stands, they are in ninth. And here's the crazy thing. The top two predicted teams in the conference are eighth and ninth. And man, that means the next game for South Florida will be a battle at the Yingling Center on Sunday afternoon against East Carolina. We'll have much more women's basketball content before then because this week's bullseye is featuring the women's basketball team. We'll talk to Jose Fernandez and Romy Levy. And our non-basketball guest is golf coach Steve Bradley. Had a chance to already record that, which was entertaining. So that'll air on Thursday. And Bull Speed Ahead returns tomorrow, first airing at 7. But back to the women's basketball team, and we've been saying it for a while, there's not much separation in the conference. Does anyone think that the ninth-seeded Bulls, not that they're going to finish with the ninth seed, but they're in ninth place right now, couldn't beat Rice or North Texas. Those are two of the three teams tied for first right now. They lost to Rice in overtime, and you just heard what happened against North Texas. The other team tied for first, the Bulls haven't played. UAB got a huge win Sunday, and really, that UTSA team that jumped all over the Bulls did the same in this game. They were up in Birmingham 27-13 to and led it by double digits midway through the third quarter, but the Blazers win a thriller 54-53. So you got three teams at 5-1, and one, then Charlotte drops to 5-2 and two because, oh yeah, the 49ers lost at Temple, which is now 4-2. and two. Bulls go to Temple later on in the season. 
Tulsa's at four and two. The Bulls already have a win against them. So you got seven teams above five hundred. East Carolina, which got an easy win over the weekend. That's the next Bulls opponent. Man, is that gonna be a pivotal game on Sunday afternoon? And you look at it, the bottom five teams have three at two and five, two lane at one and five, FAU O and six. Of their seven games, only two have been against the bottom five teams. So they play the other three still, along with rematches against the other two whom they've already beaten. In other words, five of the Bulls' last 11 games are against the bottom five. They can get that record that's three and four right now, I don't know, 10 and eight minimum, maybe 11 and seven, or even better, and you're looking at a much better seed for the conference tournament. We've been saying all along, you got to finish in the top four, so you only have to play three games to win the conference tournament. Top four is looking tough right now. The Bulls will have to not win out, but maybe can only afford one or two more losses. You almost have to recalibrate and say top six. Why do I say that? Because, yeah, you don't want to have to win four games, but if you're the fifth or the sixth seed, your first game is against a team that just had to play the day before. We still got a long way to go before we head to Fort Worth for the conference tournament. Certainly wanted to point it out just how on the edge and maybe just having a couple things bounce their way the Bulls are from having things turn around. What a start to tennis on Saturday. Very cold outside, but did not impact Christina Morris's women's tennis team. Not only did they beat FGCU, a team that topped the Bulls last year and took two points off of Iowa at the beginning of this year, they swept them. Top player Grace Schumacher and Nadja Christians, your new number one doubles team, win 6-4, while Rhea Maxar, a freshman from Australia, teamed with Ireland Simi, the Austinite, to win 6-3. Then in singles, not only did the Bulls win them all, but five of the six victories were straight sets where the closest set was 6-2. to two. Wins by Schumacher, Bay Christians, newcomer from Turkey, a freshman Melissa Senley, Falsetta Font, and then Gargi Parwar, 6-love, six 6-1, six before FGCU's Isabella Comlinaris wins the second set against Bulls freshman from Columbia, Kelly Vargas. So they went to a sped up tiebreaker to decide the third set and Vargas won it. Now it gets a little more difficult. They go to Georgia as part of the ITA kickoff event because the Bulls were ranked highly last year, highly enough to get into this season starting event. We'll talk more about it on Friday's show. And stunning how similar the men's result was. Doubles win, straight set victories in five of the six singles matches. The exception being at number four singles where the opponent forced a third set this time. Florida Southern wins that third set tiebreaker, but still the Bulls prevail six to one. Easy win at number one for Alvin Todorica, who had the amazing fall, making it all the way to the NCAA championships in San Diego. Wins six one six love. Former SEC players, transfers for the Bulls, Eric Gravelius and Bruno Oliveira, who's in his third season. Straight set victors along with Tom Pisani and Augustin Quelar, who is a transfer from Jacksonville State. Now the Bulls play in the ITA kickoff Saturday against the number six team in the country in Knoxville against Tennessee. More on that later in the week. Best of luck to Florida Southern the rest of the way, not just because it's my alma mater, but because their head coach, Brett Rollison, is a great friend and former Bulls assistant. Bulls speed ahead with Michael Kelly. We'll be taping that today for a 7 a.m. first airing Tuesday morning on Bulls Unlimited. We'll talk to you guys back on the beat on Wednesday. You'll have plenty of chances to hear that. Victory by men's basketball throughout the course of Monday on the channel. I'm Derek Sharp.